show may contain massive amounts of entertainment. Listener discretion is advised. KSL starts now. 877-KYLE-424. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm very excited but today uh, because today because today we have Adam Rifkin. He's the producer, director, writer of Look the series on Showtime. Very excited to have you in the studio today. Sticking around for the whole show. Uh, you and you 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 know you look like a director writer. You Thank have the, you. You have the round glasses and you have the hat. Which uh, I, it's the uniform. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's I, right. You need the uniform. I was uh, I w- when I first moved to Hollywood. I bought the uniform. It's the, <laughs> that's it's the, uh, next to a business card. It's the closest thing that you have to uh, a career uh, when you're starting yeah, out. Exactly. Well, listen, real quick, I want to talk about this. This is kind of cool. Um, Mythbusters uh, and President Barack Obama are doing something tonight on really? uh, Discovery. Yeah. Tonight on Discovery, Jamie and Adam, those are the, the guys who do Mythbusters, if you don't know. I love that show. Make it into the Oval Office for a very special Mythbusters. President Barack Obama challenges the two to get to the bottom of the legend of uh, Archimedes' uh, solar ray. According to the story, uh, Greek scientist Archimedes set fire to invading Roman ships using only mirrors and sun rays during the siege of Syracuse in uh, 214 B.C. Is that like frying the bugs, that whole deal? Isn't that interesting? I have a little, I have a little promo, actually, of... Yeah, I don't know uh, if I exactly uh, get... Of this. Well, they're going to try to... Okay, so here's the deal. Archimedes apparently set fire to these invading Roman ships. I don't know if you know the story. Using mirrors. You know how, like, if you use a magnifying glass, you can, like, like, start... If you've seen Survivor, they always do that with glasses. You can kill ants that way. You can kill ants. Yes. You can kill ants that way. I'm sure there's other things you could kill, too, like really pulleys and stuff. (laughs) My favorite animal. Or insect. All right, listen, here's this. Wednesday, December 8th, on a special all-new Mythbusters. One of the largest science projects ever can only be requested by one man. How are you? I am a big fan of Mythbusters. Really? I am, and so are the girls. I think that we've got a big one that hasn't been thoroughly tested. Which one is that? It is Archimedes' solar ray. The pressure's on, man. Figure this out and report back to me. We're on it. President Barack Obama on an all-new Mythbusters, Wednesday, December 8th at 9, only on Discovery. All right, so that sounds interesting. I think so. It does. I, do you like the show? I do, of course. I love that show. I, 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 you should get them on your show, look. That's a great idea. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. All right. What's so, your favorite myth they've ever busted? Do you have one that stands out? Uh, the Hindenburg one was pretty cool. I actually really like the uh, Hindenburg and, and how it may have exploded. They actually built two Hindenburg huge... Uh, like, you know, one twelfth the size Hindenburg, uh, you know, whatever, uh, whatever, dirigible. I'm fascinated. There's, yeah. Two things on that show always give me always good talking points are one, when they do the bullet, you know, it's, it's, it's math, I guess. But if you drop a bullet and you shoot a bullet, they're going to hit the ground at the same time. If all other circumstances are the same, I can't really grasp that, but it's been proven. And the other one they did that get that, that I like to pull out all the time is they said, that if you have to travel 10 feet, a hundred yards, whatever it is, and it's pouring rain. Whether you sprint to get there or whether you walk very slowly, you're going to get just as wet. Really? And I can never figure that out. But it's something about how you're hitting. And like, there's no way. How is it possible? Isn't this the time you're in the water? They proved it. They said you could walk 100 yards or you could run 100 yards. And at that end, you'll be just as wet. Wow. Okay. So, Adam. Yes, sir. You watch Mythbusters. I have. What's your favorite myth? 
Well, I was I was trying to I was trying to uh, remember what yeah, my favorite one was. I, I can't I can't you know now I feel I'm on the spot right <laughs> at, right, at, right at the head of the interview. All right, so let's talk about Look for a second. This this series on Showtime. It started as a film back in 07 that you created. You wrote and directed this movie. That is correct. I wrote and directed a movie called Look, and the idea behind Look, for those who don't know, is that um, it explores the fact that the average American is captured on surveillance camera approximately, well, when we finished the movie, it was approximately 200 times a day. Right. It's now approximately 300 times a day. Um, so the movie followed the lives of about four different interweaving stories, uh, different characters. Uh, entirely, the entire movie was shot with surveillance cameras only. Wow. Um, and, uh, and so when we finished the movie, and the movie played the art house circuit throughout most of 2008 and did really well and got great reviews and won a bunch of awards and and it was a great experience. And by the time that whole experience ended, um, the issue, the privacy issue that we just sort of started to touch upon in the movie became uh, far more topical because uh, in the time when we started thinking about the movie to the time that the movie whole experience ended, this explosion of social media really took hold. You know, So the movie – uh, uh, was all about Big Brother. All the surveillance cameras that watch us everywhere we go, everywhere, everything. Right, every move you make. Absolutely. The series, in addition to Big Brother, also deals uh, a lot with Little Brother. And what I mean by that is all the cameras in our pockets, mm-hmm. all the the Blackberries, the, the iPhones. Absolutely. The flip the we, the webcams, the, the flip, flip cams. cams. Yeah. Also, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I mean. We're under surveillance by Big Brother all the time, but when those cameras don't happen to be catching us, we are voluntarily putting ourselves under surveillance all day, every day by tweeting mm-hmm. what we're doing, where we're going, uh, what uh, we're. Uh, uh, well, you're, you're, I thought you're, Kyle you're, sounded you're, that off. Know, yeah. Your your cell phone sounds like some. Yeah, it sounds like you were caught on surveillance. I, uh, I <laughs> your no. ringer. I, that that was the uh, alarm to tell me to make sure that I'm not late for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, I made and here it. we go. You I made it in time. You bring up, yeah. isn't it great though? How many people sit there and complain about surveillance cameras, and then they just finish tweeting to the whole world, "Hey, I'm going to work out on the corner of Olympic and Barrington." <laughs> well, that's the whole idea. <laughs> or you know? Foursquare. That's yeah, the that's whole that's idea. Is that because, especially because of uh, you know uh, t- Twitter and Facebook and all this you know all this social uh, network media stuff. Um, we are entirely under surveillance all the time by by the powers that be around us and voluntarily by ourselves as well. Right. Yeah. So now, 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 listen. You 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 took this movie. It inspired you to create a series now, an episodic series uh, for network. Um, I mean, how do you create a story out of these things? Being shot by these, you know, these cameras, these surveillance cameras. How do you create a story out of it? Well, the basic idea. Uh, the, you know, the, the basic idea of everything that is happening in the show being captured by surveillance cameras and cell phone cameras and webcams, and that you, you have to kind of forget about. Once you decide you're going to make, like I did with the movie and also with the show, once you decide you're going to shoot the show that way, then you have to immediately forget about that and only focus on great characters, great storylines. Hopefully make them really compelling, make the characters really interesting, make them people you want to watch and follow and the stories be you know, fascinating. Right. So, uh, so, but, you know, that said, I want to make sure that there are stories that somehow lend themselves organically to the conceit that, you know, the things, I mean, I'm not going to necessarily, uh, you know, create a storyline for the series 
about a guy lost in the Antarctic without any technology <laughs> right. at all. You know what I mean? Because there's no cameras in a situation like that, <laughs> right. except maybe the satellite there could camera. Be. You know what I mean? There could, there could be. be. But so I just, we you know, know, I just, I just want to, I just want to think of different stories, different characters that could, re- that somebody's going to relate to. There's the movie had about four interweaving storylines. The series has about six or seven interweaving storylines, and I want to make sure that at least a couple of those storylines. Everybody can relate to right. Well, that you know? felt really felt really real, even in the pilot with the uh, girls texting in the classroom. Right, well, perfect totally. example. Right. Thank like, you. You know, loved that. Yeah. I loved yeah. that. That. I kept that th- go ahead. Forgetting that th- there were surveillance surveillance cameras. You know, there was like this. Oh yeah, this is all shot by surveillance cameras. Well, thank it just you. So real. Thank you now, very much. Now you know. You know, it's interesting. I I, I w- was listening to an interview uh, of you on Fox, uh-huh. and, and you guys were talking about how it's legal in like thirty something states to have surveillance cameras in dressing rooms in public bathrooms that is true and so you're not stretching the truth when you're in this public uh you know federal i guess i don't know are schools federal public schools federal buildings there there's you know uh, public schools state state government owned buildings right so so they're allowed to have these cameras inside of these bathrooms so it's not far-fetched in the pilot you see these two girls uh in the bathroom talking about guys and, and and stuff and i think they're smoking cigarettes in their school bathroom but you know that got me i was like whoa are they are they can have cameras in there well one thing that i wanted to make sure of with the show and the movie both is that n- th- we never cheated where a camera was when you watch this show you'll see there are cameras everywhere but we never once Put a camera somewhere and where, the, a yeah, we never made it up. We want. I never wanted to, to ever have anybody be able to tell me you can't put a camera in a public dressing room. That could never happen. Hundred percent legal in thirty-seven states. Cameras in dressing rooms, cameras in bathrooms, cameras underneath casino tables, all kinds of different things. I'm right? changing my occupation. I want to list of these states right now. <laughs> um, no, no, but but seriously, that was amazing to me. I, I actually, I I've always. It's so weird. I've always looked. I have looked here, and and I'm from Chicago. I used to always look for cameras in the dressing rooms. He's from Chicago. I am from Chicago. Oh, amazing. I what, part, what part of Chicago are you from? <laughs> Oak Park. Really? Yeah. Barrington. Oh, great. We're Fabulous. neighbors. Yes, we're we neighbors. are. And now we're neighbors <laughs> out here. <laughs> That's right. We'll get some coffee sometime. All right. <laughs> to be honest, though, I still can't get over the whole time we've been talking. I can't get over the fact that you said, what, two, three hundred times a day? Okay. I mean, if you would have guessed, yeah. asked me to guess, I would have guessed on a very, very high end, 20 to 30 times. Well, think about this. I mean, if you walk into a Target, there's 30 cameras right there, mm-hmm. probably, roughly. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Every aisle, yeah. you know, in a Target. Uh, so it's it's really everywhere you go. Think about on an, any given day. You go to the ATM machine. Yep. You you go to your parking garage. You drive down the street. There's cameras on all the different corners of the street. Grocery store. You go to the grocery store. You've got the you, in all Dry the cleaner. all the all the aisles of the grocery store. You've got the satellite cameras right. uh, above all of our heads. You there's the just gas like, stations. Well, we just tapped up six right now. Right? Not not <laughs> not to mention the fact that you're you know you've got the camera in your pocket. All the cameras in your friend's pocket. Look, all we the have cameras the, you're right. We have the cameras here. Yeah. So that's, that's why right. you can't do anything anymore. If you ever you know it's it's you know so you know. I, I work over with Chelsea Handler, and she got you know she was saying something on stage. She said for five years, and someone happened and take out their flip and record it this yeah, time, yeah. and it's breaking news. It's yeah. like, well, you know, you, yeah. you're just basically you have to live the life that whatever you do, right. people will 100 percent. Ba- it's true, and basically as a result, it's never been a better time to be a stalker, right? <laughs> because you know, for for a motivated stalker, it, you know, you have or a pedophile to, to have total access to your mark, right? And it's never been a worse time to be a teenager. Because yes, they uh, have to- you know total, 
you know, uh, open lines of communication to each other 24 hours a day. But, you know, every teenager does stupid things. And now when you do a stupid thing, it's right. online forever. You know what I mean? Well, no, how about true. this one? It doesn't go. You copy and paste and yeah. email here and it's gone. You're, you're in there forever. Yeah. How about this one? I always thought I thought about this probably years ago when the cam when the when the pictures came out on the cell phones. And now you have location tagging with Twitter. The and geotagging. Geotagging. So, absolutely. Geotagging is so, huge. Yeah. Think about this. Remember when you're a kid and you're thinking, oh, where are you? You're at the movie. Oh, yeah. I'm at the movie with friends. And, you know, you're ready. Uh-huh. What if parents nowadays are like, okay, you're at the movie. Okay, I want you to hold up three fingers and take a picture outside the movies. Or, oh, really? Okay, mark it on Foursquare. You know, <laughs> right, so you talked right. about being a bad time to be a teenager. That's right. You're not getting away with anything now. You can't. Well, you know, going back to this, what I really want to know is how you create these stories. I know you talked about these interweaving characters, about eight of them uh, on, on the series. Roughly, yeah. I mean, how, how do you create a story out of this? Because well, that's, I mean, that's what I do. As a writer, I sit mm-hmm. down and I just decide. I just make choices and I decide, okay, I'm going to tell this particular storyline, let's say, is going to be about a beleaguered uh, a copyright attorney and his Beverly Hills trophy wife who has a completely double life and she ha- is hiding an affair she's having from her husband and hiding a coke habit at, but on the surface they have seemingly in front of other people a relatively decent marriage okay so where do i go from there i start to think about okay well where where is she going every day what is she doing to you know hide right. her secrets so from the her idea husband? is is taking these locations she'd be visiting things like that and then and then delivering that so you you're using those surveillance cameras to to tell a story yeah or like for example um the the kids in the mini mart right so right. there's a subplot that was right. the, the one subplot that carries from the film through the series are the kids that work at the mini mart the night shift at the mini mart right so, the kid who plays a guitar. Yeah, yeah. Giuseppe oh, Andrews yeah. is uh, Giuseppe Andrews and Miles Dougal, right? And then Haley. And Haley, right? Haley, Haley, who's awesome. Yeah. And she's also on Weeds. Yeah, that's yeah. how I knew yeah. her. I saw her and I was like, oh my god, it's Haley. Yeah. yeah. She played Quinn. Yeah, our original show, by the way, Hunter Parrish from Weeds did our show. We I started heard. this three years ago. I heard. So, yeah, I heard. Uh, so, so, all right. So, my feeling was okay. Their storyline ended uh, the movie a certain way. I want to pick that story up from you know where it left off and take it in another direction. You know, so I just start musing on different ways that these characters could sort of their lives could be unfolding over the course of the next few weeks. You know, got it. And so, how long the, the entire series? How what, what what's the time frame? Is the this... time frame is probably about a couple of weeks. Okay, it's, so it's short. It's short, yeah. The time frame for the movie was one week, okay. and the time frame for the series is probably about one and a half to two weeks. I feel like this this show, more than any show on TV, could really let the, uh, I guess, let the cameras kind of speak for the characters. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. Because you just, you know, you can say it without words almost by, you know, you mentioned that point about the cheating Beverly Hills housewife. Yeah. You show some shots of promiscuous shots and... Well, that's what the series is about. The series is about the things that people do when they don't think they're being watched. And every, every one of us has a version of ourselves that we present to the public. Of course. You're kidding me, right? You're still, you're still on the show. <laughs> this phone is just going crazy. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I hope those are at replies how, on Twitter. How embarrassing. Um, uh, so... so uh, where was I? Well, I would think I was just saying, oh, if I'm trying to picture in my head TV shows, and I'm thinking this show, more than any, I could see the story being told simply by the, the shots alone. Yeah, well, also, too, you know, I mean, everybody's got a, everybody's got a secret life, right? Everybody's got a side that they present to the public, and everybody's got a side that they keep to themselves. Whether that's as benign as you only pick your nose when you're in your car 
to you know something like having an extramarital affair or you're hiding something much much darker even you know so the yeah you're absolutely it's right genius. the cameras thank you the cameras sh- you know uh, uh, show you show us the viewer mm-hmm. everybody's secrets that's really mm-hmm. what it's all about and also too one of the things that I didn't know was going to work yet it, when we were making the movie and it, it really did work so then I really got even more into it for the series is especially because it's a character drama you know it goes against everything I've ever known and learned and uh, about filmmaking because especially with character stuff you want to get into the characters faces you want to see in their eyes you know what I mean you want to be able to manipulate performances with uh, different angles and close-ups and you know push-ins and you know dolly around you know just different ways to create tension and and uh, and manipulate emotion but for this series you can't do any of that you just have to put actors in a location and you got cameras in upper wi- corners of rooms wide shots and you have to let the the action play out almost right. like little plays is it, it is it easier to shoot this way it takes the the creativity of camera placement off the table, right? So on that right. front, yes, it's easier. Do you light your sets? We did not use one light. No. So you don't. Hitting. So do you have yeah. a director of photography? We do, but it's it, he, it's a it's a we have a great DP, but it's it's he specializes in surveillance. <laughs> that's placement. right. It's w- what it's all about is it's about you know because we put the cameras only where real surveillance cameras were or would be, and so if we happen to be in a location where surveillance cameras weren't there we always had security experts on our team that would tell us where they would put the cameras if they were you know installing cameras there and i I imagine the crew's got to be small how many guys are working per episode what's your crew like? it's a pretty small crew but still it's 50 people you know i mean i mean it's you know it's it's not amazing it's not five trucks it's one truck it's not 100 people it's 50 people you know stuff like that now real quickly stepping away from this for a sec we'll get back to it a twitter question um, from R. Phoenix, uh, he, he uh, Colton Hayes, he plays Shane on Look. He does. And he has a question about this, about Colton Hayes. Uh, did, did you see this video that came out last week? Perez uh, put it on his website. It's uh, posted on, on Colton's website. Yes, I it's have. It's kind, of kind of a hidden camera type thing itself. It's, a, it's Mr. Skin. It's yes. like an X-rated sex video, but it's cut very... Uh, do you have any thoughts? What, what, what are your thoughts on this video? Well, uh, well it's, a, it's a clip from our show, so I'm uh, uh. You know, thrilled that it's getting out there and getting attention. So wow. I, you know, I, I, I give it two thumbs up, that <laughs> clip. So you like sex on the show? It's, listen, it's a, like I said, it's a show about it's the hot. things... It's hot. Yeah. It's a show <laughs> about the things like, okay. people do when they don't think they're being watched, and a lot of times what people are doing when they don't think they're being watched uh, is something salacious. What so, episode is this from? I'm gonna, I'm gonna that episode, I believe, is episode seven. Okay. All right. Well, I have a question for you with, you, with um, you know, here we are, you're on press, we got this show, but the challenges in Hollywood to get a show made, to get a movie made are ridiculous. I'm just trying to think how you go into this, and you've got this one-of-a-kind idea. I mean, what was that like, getting people to buy into that idea? We got really lucky on the movie. Um, Brad Wyman, uh, who's a producer I've worked with many times. He produced, in addition to a bunch of the movies I made, like The Dark Backward and... and well, you've been uh, making the, movies since 1988, by the it's way. It's true. Right? It's true. You, you've been doing stuff forever. Uh, uh, thank God. And yeah. I hope <laughs> I can keep doing it. Right. Uh, but um, uh, he and I uh, have made... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he and I have made a bunch of movies together, and he produced the movie Monster, by the way, oh. uh, with Charlize. Yeah. Right? Oh, right. Great film. Yeah, great film. So anyway, so I told him this idea that I had um, for Look... Because I, I, the idea came to me when I got a, a red light camera ticket. You know, I, I, I blew through a light in Beverly Hills and got photographed breaking the law. Oh 
and they send you the picture in the mail. Right, and of course you always have the goofy expression. Always, right? <laughs> very, very uh, 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 embarrassing angle. So um, I said to him, you know, I'd been thinking, Brad, about all the other times that a camera might be catching me without my knowledge. So I just started looking around and realizing just how many times I'm on camera a day. And I just started, you know, you, 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 everybody's aware that there's a camera in an ATM machine. Right. But if, you, if you're not thinking about it, it, it goes right by you. But mm-hmm. if you start paying attention, suddenly you realize they're everywhere, right? So then I did a little more research and I realized and I learned at that time before we, I even wrote the movie, it was 170 times a day that we're caught on camera. And I thought, right, wow, and this is 2007, so yeah. we're t- or it's probably yeah. 2006 when you're writing Exactly, I so I thought that's so unbelievable how many cameras, right? I mean, now it's nothing. What is this, the UK? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so I said to him, what about making a movie entirely from the point of view of these surveillance cameras? So mm-hmm. he totally dug the idea, and while I was writing it, he started talking about it with uh, a a person that he's been working with on other projects named Barry Schuler. Barry Schuler, among other things, uh, was one of the creators of a company called AOL. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was I an internet so. company. It's ringing uh, Yeah, and he was the CEO of AOL for a while. And anyway, he's all about this kind of you know media disruption wow. kind of ideas and stuff. So he got way into the idea too. So he and Brad decided they were going to team up and produce it. So once they were on board to produce it, it made it a lot easier to get made. And so of then course, we just yeah. went into pre-production and just made this movie. And like I said, we traveled around with it for a long time. Uh, you know, unlike a, a big, you know, movie like Avatar, which opens in 5,000 theaters, you know, the art house scene, you, you travel with your movie, right? So we traveled around for months. And along the way, it garnered a lot of fans and a lot of champions. And, you know, one of them was one of the guys at Showtime who had seen it when we right. all spoke on a panel together. And he said, we got to get this movie on Showtime. Well, what year was this? This was probably about 2008, right? So you can just see, I, I mean, uh, for the people listening, how yeah. long it takes to get mm-hmm. stuff made. It takes forever. Here. I mean, this Absolutely. is just, this I mean, is, it's a grueling process. And this is when it's moving quickly, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. You got, got an AOL on your team. Yeah. You got to produce yeah. monsters. Right. right. So, um, so, so we said to him, we don't want to stop with the movie. We want to do it as a show. And so Showtime said, great idea. We're in. And so as soon as they were in, I just went nuts and just – I wrote every episode before we ever shot a frame of film. Wait, that was like, so wait, you are the sole writer? You have a team of writers? Or? I wrote and directed every episode, no. all 11 episodes. Yeah, that's actually that, – that was a question of mine and that's yeah. – what dedication. I mean you're obviously passionate about this. I, I want to talk to you for a sec about the research that goes behind doing this stuff because obviously uh, I don't think you can just come up with this. If you got to go out and research, you got to go out in the field, uh, talk to surveillance yeah. uh, tech guys. You got to talk to these people. You got to visit – places where they have tons of cameras, malls, airports, whatever Absolutely. it is. Uh, l- let's talk about that for a minute, but the, the movie and the series, just the adventures you had going out researching this topic. Well, this is a, this is a, um, a fun little anecdote, if I may. We were doing exactly that. I went to a bunch of different government buildings and malls and security offices, and I really wanted to make sure that I was being accurate. This is before we even made the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we went, and a lot of times people in these positions, and you know, who are who are presiding over these security systems, take their jobs very seriously, right. but not always, right? So there was this one mall that shall remain nameless here in <laughs> Los Angeles, and they took us into the bowels of their security, you know, uh, 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 
department. And they just let you do this. They, you know, it, it's if you're making a movie, you have access everywhere. You know? Right. I mean, even if you're full of shit. And you, you know, can I say that? Can I say? <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. completely fascinated by. Yeah. I mean, if you're making no. a movie, you unnecessary have, censorship. There we go. <laughs> you have total access if you're making a movie, right? Much more so than if you're just a curious bystander. Especially if AOL's behind. Absolutely. So, so, so they took us into the nerve center of their uh, surveillance uh, system of this mall, and I fully expected to see a bunch of guys in uniforms, you know, taking it all very seriously, like you see in. Vegas, you know, uh, um, uh, of surveillance rooms, right? Well, it wasn't the case at this particular mall. The, all the guys in the surveillance room were, I'd say, probably all in high school or high school drop. Oh my right? gosh! Wow. None of them. None of them had uniforms that fit. They were all baggy and untucked, and it was hilarious. And they didn't use their cameras at all to look for shoplifters. They zoomed in on girls' boobs. They zoomed in <laughs> on girls' butts. If, That's if, what Ryan would do, by the <laughs> way. Ryan, Ryan. I actually got fired <laughs> from two places. <laughs> That's if what Ryan is now if a, if a hot girl walked into the mall, the guy on the floor would send a signal like which door oh, she walked in gosh. from, and they would spend the whole day following her from camera to camera to camera. Wow. And they would, they would post the funny things that they caught on YouTube, and it was <gasps> – it was – it, it, as a private citizen, I, it, 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 I was appalled. You know, well, I but, can't imagine. But, I mean, you see, I mean, it's eerie. but as a it's film scary. Maker, as a filmmaker, <laughs> I like thought it was touching. awesome. Yeah, well, I thought it was that hilarious. Mean, you can't that's make had to, stuff up. That's had to mess with your head a little bit, though. Seeing that, I would if I saw that even happen to a little girl, like I, you know, I mean. Yeah, that would mess with my head. That would stick with me when I went to a store next time. Well, oh, it's uh, that stuck with me. It has I'm keeping my underwear me. on in a dressing room. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would recommend it, although. Luckily for us in Los Angeles, it is illegal to have hidden cameras in uh, dressing rooms. But for those 37 states that are out there. Um, Everybody's checking this stuff. I mean, right? It's, it's more than likely most of the time people aren't paying attention to most of the cameras. But I bet you if there's one camera in a mall they are paying attention to, it's the one in the dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. If right. they're allowed to have them in that well, state. Yeah, I've been in, heck, I've been on part of TV shows and, you know, you get an audience and the cameras, it's all a bunch of guys running the cameras and you better believe where that jib guy, you know, is. Of course. Right. It's exactly. a bunch of guys, you know, and you're like, half of you thinks it's funny, the other half is like, I've got sisters, I would kill you, if you, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> totally. So, you, you know, I'll, going back to the creative side of things, I, I've noticed in some of the episodes, there are some camera effects and stuff that are in yeah. place. So you're talking about shooting all of this on these I'm assuming they're high-end surveillance cameras because it looks good. It looks high def, and so at the same time you have this kind of like bl- you have this like vignette uh, blur on on edges and and static and stuff. So uh, there's obviously effects involved. This is not just straight up. Correct. Um, what we did for the movie, we made the decision that we were not going to shoot with actual surveillance cameras. We were going to shoot with very high-end HD cameras, and we shot with the same cameras that they shoot movies like Sin City and Superman on, right? Um, and the final cut, when we finally saw it all, you know, assembled together after we did the, you know, after, you know, you, I don't want to, it's too inside baseball, the details, but anyway, we finally screened it and it looked so good that it put me into a massive depression because it's it was supposed to look like actual surveillance footage and it just looked too damn good. Mm-hmm. We always knew we were going to degrade it in post. And the reason we made that decision was because it gave us the control, uh, to degrade it as little or as much as we wanted to. Right. So we spent an enormous amount of time and money taking this pristine footage and making it look like crap, right? <laughs> but at least you can't go reverse. You can't make pristine. You, that's yeah. exactly right. If it looks yeah. like crap going in, you're stuck, right? So anyway, we, we learned a lot of lessons on the movie. So applying those lessons to the show, A, we shot with a whole bunch more different kinds of cameras mm-hmm. on the show. We had a couple of very high-end cameras as sort of our uh, – um, 
key cameras. And then we used every different kind of camera you could imagine. We had probably eight, ten cameras going almost every scene. We had wow, okay. consumer brand cameras, prosumer brand cameras, flip cams, cell phones. We wow. shot with every kind of camera imaginable. And then we go through the process in post of degrading the image to as little or as great a degree as we felt each surveillance system, you know, philosophically speaking, all right, let's say the mall has a better security system, the mini mart has a crappier surveillance system, cell phone is a, this is a better cell phone than that cell phone. But also, too, I'll tell you this, when we were researching actual surveillance footage, people think still that surveillance footage is blurry black and white, you know, you know imagery that mm-hmm. you can't You can make. get HD cams now. That's the thing. You know, when you see when you see the monitor in the lobby, you know, you go into a building and there's a security guy sitting at the front desk and there's mm-hmm. monitors right. behind the desk and they're, and they're little black and white crappy monitors. You think, oh, that's what surveillance footage still looks like. That's those monitors. Mm-hmm. That footage can be perfectly pristine, high def footage. So surveillance footage generally these days is even better quality than we presented in the show. But we we didn't want it to look too good. Right. Well, I have a couple questions from some people in the Ustream chat. Right now, for those of you joining us, we're here with Adam Rifkin. He's the writer, director, producer of Look the Series on Showtime. Uh, here are some of the questions coming in. Worm Films asks you, how many days did you sh- uh, shoot? I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about the film Look in 2007. The f- Well, both. I'll tell you this. Um, the film we shot... On a, it was a, an average independent film schedule. So we shot the whole film over the course of about four weeks. Right? Okay, right. The series, we had 11 episodes to shoot. Um, but the way that we attacked shooting the season, because, uh, you know, it's, a, it's still a ex- very experimental idea. Even though we made a movie first, it's an experimental idea to go into a series, you know, shooting everything from surveillance cameras and cell phone cameras. Right. So because we had the luxury of knowing that I was going to write and direct every episode – um, we could we could mess with the the way we scheduled it. So I wrote every episode first before we shot anything, and then we scheduled the entire season like a giant movie. So instead of having to go back to the mini mart eleven times for eleven we episodes, we shot all eleven episodes worth of stuff. Wow. And, you know, in two nights at the mini mart, and we did that across the board. So right. that enabled us because these are physical locations. Exactly, everything's right. an actual location. Is it hard? To keep in drift, like, so is it hard to keep in track though? Where each person's supposed to be, kind of mentally, and okay, this is what you're feeling here. It's when like you're a movie, though. Like That's that. how it is when you're making a movie. It is. It's like a movie, and I'll tell you, when you're making a movie or when you're making a series like this, you just get into the zone. I mean, I would, I would say, generally speaking, I my superpower is not memory. You know what I mean? I do not have a great memory. People who know me know that. What's but, my name? But, uh, your name is Gerald. <laughs> yes, okay. But, um, right. but when I'm shooting, I remember every shot. Everything, uh, everywhere, anybody's standing. I remember everything, and you just that's get into a talent. that zone. You know? That's it's a the talent. Same Thank with you. Being Thank an you, actor too, though. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure they just you just get into it. Absolutely, it's almost like you're hypnotized. To yeah, that like you know so, who you are. So like focused. you've read all of that. I'm just, well, obviously. It's you, true. You, you kind of mentioned Showtime and this experiment in some ways not being done. How did they feel about it? By the way. Uh, Showtime and you guys experimenting with this kind of whole new way of shooting and and is this going to be successful? Uh, you know what what have you? I mean, what, what what was their reaction? Showtime have been the best partners you could possibly nice. ever ask for. They loved the movie. They when we when we had our first initial meetings about the show, they said, you know, do your thing. We love the movie as long as it's like the movie. We're we're good to go. Um, and they have been just dream partners along the way, and uh, and so they you know they they put it on. They've been completely supportive. They've been awesome, and so I have nothing but you know 
good things to say about Showtime. Okay, a couple more questions coming in. Uh, we actually have two questions from Jabber Moose in the Ustream chat. Uh, one of them uh, is, uh, are the ATM cam surveillance used from the physical locations or set up by you guys for effect? They are set up by us for effect. Every camera that we that you see in the show is from the actual perspective of where a real camera was or would be, but um, we used our cameras for everything. So when you see a surveillance camera from an ATM machine, that that was us. Those, okay. those were our cameras. Okay. Now, actually, my little brother's in the chat right now. I can see his username here. Uh, he, he's asking, when you wrote the movie, did you ever hit barriers in the storyline because of how different the structure was from your typical film? That's a very good question. Your brother, your little brother, is very—he's uh, a genius, very right? smart guy. Yeah, he's intelligent. Um, he's the one who went to college. It <laughs> was—it was very challenging for the series, for the movie, and the series because you know when you're writing a a movie that you know is going to be shot conventionally, you can have the characters you know continue a conversation from outside uh, you know the building into the hallway and into the bathroom, into the, into the basement, wherever. You don't think about where the cameras are going to be filming it from as far as, you know, how that you, – you, you, you think about it creatively, but you don't think about it in terms of, you know, would there be a camera here? Right. Where can we have them have a conversation where a camera organically would be? So that provided some interesting challenges for writing both. But, it, but they were exciting challenges because it pushes me to try and be as creative as possible and not – seem like I'm cheating. You know what I mean? You're doing very special things as a filmmaker. Congratulations. Thank this you. Is very, you're stretching the boundaries. Thank you. Uh, We're trying. Okay, we, have two, we, have, we have two more uh, things here from, from the Ustream chat that I want to mention. They're both positive things. Good. Uh, in your favor. Uh, Jabbermoose says, I'll finally have happy friends once Look comes to DVD. They're going insane wanting to see it. Excellent. So Jabber Moose is uh, is stoked to show his Thank friends. Thank you, Jabber Moose. JLM Direct says, brilliant using mini DV cams, by the way. Very clever. Thank you. Thank you so very much. So those are two uh, pluses. You can go home knowing that you've awesome. done a great job. I love it. Um, you know, I, I, I want to ask you this. Are you trying to bring to light... Uh, Something that may be potentially dangerous for Americans right now, uh, or, or the freedom of the American people. Are you trying to bring to light something? Is this, is this a part of an agenda of yours at all, or is this a passion for uh, you? Or curiosity. Or curiosity. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I did not go into this project uh, wanting to make a political statement per se. Uh, I wanted to – but that said, I mean privacy is a very topical issue and it's something right. that affected me, which is why I got the idea. Look I mean, at Facebook. Look uh, at everything. They, they had to hire a lobbyist to cover for them. I mean to, exactly. to, to deal with what they're dealing with with the privacy issues. When I, got, when I got the ticket from the red light camera, I felt violated, mm -hmm. right? And so that's what spawned this idea in the first place. And so in a way – um, we've kind of become a, a mouthpiece for the debate, privacy versus security. I'm not saying with this show that all surveillance cameras are bad. A lot of people say it's George Orwell's nightmare come true. It's Big Brother right. beyond your imagination. Well, look at the London bombings. We caught the London bombers because of surveillance cameras. That's exactly right. And so, But conversely, I'm not saying that all surveillance cameras are good because we've seen many examples of – 
camera abuses. Right. Exploitation of people in dressing right. rooms and that and like also that. this poor kid at Rutgers who killed himself That's when right. the, the uh, webcam the video webcam. was posted online of him mm-hmm. having a, a, a sexual, sexual what about, encounter. Yeah, right. And so the debate I think is a very valid one on both sides, but it's such a gray area as far as, you know, good versus bad that I can't say that I can that I can use this show as a as a means of taking a stand. What I do want people to do is Watch this show. A, first and foremost, be entertained by it. But B, <laughs> let it spawn a debate, you know, and let it make you aware more than you might have been in the first place of how often you really are on camera and how maybe you can uh, change your behavior accordingly because you mm-hmm. don't want to get caught yeah. with your pants down, right? so <laughs> to speak. Course. I love that whole – no, I love the whole debate because you go back to the traditional people who are on principle and they'll say, you know, hey – it's a constitution. This isn't allowed. Period. Then you have the people that can open it up, and and I'm more so on the side of you know what? Hey, if it's going to make me safer, go for it. I don't have anything to hide. You know, <laughs> well, bring it. I think and, that I think that I think both both of the things that you just said are the the, the sort of key talking points on both sides of that debate, which well, I, yeah. makes it a perfect show because it's getting people to talk. Exactly. Like after I watched the show, I was like, I, I just I just want to talk about it. Like I want to talk to people about it. And I don't watch a lot of TV, but this is something that's going to get people talking. Thank you. And communicating awesome. with each other. Great. Well, it know, it is fantastic. So now, now re- real quick, now, as we continue this interview, because I have, I have quite a few more questions. I know you guys do. I do, too. I actually have some trivia, some Showtime trivia for you. And uh, here we go. Let's play some trivia. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now, it's time for State Trivia. All right. This is not... State trivia, by the way. This is this is Showtime trivia. Ricky put the Ricky's sick, by the way, today. No, so he's not. Our producer is out. I Normally, heard. so we can't take phone calls. We can't do anything without him. Really, I mean, the show is just uh, failing today without him. No, it's not it's your not. fault. It's just <laughs> Ricky's gone. But no, he prepared this uh, wonderful tr- uh, piece of trivia, a uh, trivia game for you guys, and I want all of you to play. Okay. And I'm going to uh, run this thing. We'll see if I can do this. Uh, all right. So are you ready for this? Ready. You feel good? All right. First question for you. This is all about Showtime. On Showtime's Dexter, Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter play brother and sister Deborah and Dexter Morgan. In real life, they are A, brother and sister, B, husband and wife, C, first cousins, or D, divorced. I know the answer. I know the answer. Do you know the answer? Yes. Okay, well, say, say it together. Let's hear what they you guys... They brother and sister because right, they're married in real life and that's creepy. Yeah, they're married in real life. Yeah. She's from so Louisville. So you guys are all you guys are all married in real life? Yes. Uh, good job. I saw them at... Um, you guys got that she's right. She's from Louisville. I saw them over Christmas break. Or break. I don't... It's not like I'm in school. Um, okay. I, at my local coffee shop. I was walking in and they were walking out and I was like, this is so weird seeing you guys in Louisville when I should be seeing you in LA. That's my story. Wonderful story, Al. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> really good. All right, so you guys all got one point. I'm writing this down, by the way. You guys okay. are all one point for the first one. Here we go for the second Showtime question. On this past season of Showtime's Weeds, single mother Nancy Botwins has how many children? A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? I don't really know. I'd guess three or four, but I don't know. So you're I'll guess so three. so Ryan is guessing three. Okay, is it Hunter one. Yeah, I was gonna say three. Hunter's one. Yeah. So Allison's three. Okay. What, what, what you, I can Al? say about weeds is that uh, the lovely and talented Haley Hudson, who's on weeds, is also one of the stars of Look uh, yep. on Showtime as well. 
that's that's all I can uh, contribute to this. <laughs> so do you, have, do you have any guess? You have to get. You, have, you need one guess. Uh, one. One. A. So you so you think one? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I'm taking a guess. <laughs> You're taking a guess. Okay, yeah. you believe one. I don't Possibly. believe it. I don't believe it. I'm just guessing. I'm just it's taking a coin toss. A, I'm just. This taking is what, I'm putting words in your mouth here. All right. Well, the correct answer is three children. So is I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not any smarter than you right now. Wait, that was the wrong thing. By the way, I meant to do this. It's Shane, there Silas, and I don't know what the baby. So that's is. for you. Thank that's you. for you, Adam. Thank you very much. So there, there are three: Silas, Shane, and Stevie. Stevie, the is baby. Our, is, our, is the, the baby. baby. So uh, Ryan and Allison with two points, and Adam Rifkin with only one. It's sad. You have a Showtime show, and Terrible. you're and you're, uh, you're failing. I'm humiliated. Trey, don't worry. I'm <laughs> so focused on my show for Showtime that I haven't had a lot of time to watch, <laughs> watch many these other, other shows. Now, if we were quizzing over your show and we were up to one, then we'd get a little worried. That yes. would be <laughs> right. Yeah. That, then it would be. Yeah. Something was. Something's yeah. wrong at that point. All right, here we go. Here's another question for you guys. Showtime's Nurse Jackie starring Eddie Falco. Is it Edie Falco? Edie. Edie Falco. Works in a, <laughs> listen, I've never seen the show. Edie, that makes sense, Edie. Edie. Edie Falco works in a hospital in which city? Is it A, Chicago, B, Los Angeles, C, Miami, or D, New York? I think it's, it's somewhere cold. I think Chicago. Okay, you're going with Chicago? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is, but I'm going to say Chicago because I'm from Chicago. Yes. Right? I like that. Yes. I'm Oak Brook, you said. Oak Park. Oak Park, okay. New York. So Allison's going with New York. We'll have to say, Adam and uh, Ryan, you're both wrong, <laughs> unfortunately. That's called, that, that's my American it Idol is. Ryan Seacrest poll. Yeah. Well done. Uh, you're right. It is oh. New York City. So good job. Allison now with three points, Ryan with two. Adam with one. Uh, it's very sad. I mean, it, this three really is. Uh, humiliated. But it's you, not the end of the world. There's three more Thank questions God. for you guys. So three more three? questions. If you, can get three, th- if you can get these, yeah. you can come out on top if you guys mess up. So you guys ready for the next one? Yes. All right, here we go. Showtime's new series episodes stars which old friend star? A. Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc or D or B David Schwimmer C Matthew yeah. Perry or D Lisa Kudrow well, I I don't know um, if Ryan gave it away or not to watch I didn't hear what he said but I'm gonna say Matt LeBlanc <laughs> that was my guess too okay. I didn't hear what he said alright so that's your guess you guys are all right I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to everyone no I saw that new all right. Ryan 3 Allison uh, 4 what? and yeah, Rifkin with 2 I watched that last night oh. Have you seen the Emmy Rossum show? No, uh, Shameless. Yeah. I, how is it? It's great. she's great in it. The pilot's interesting because you're just trying to figure out like who's what, who to care for, and you know they make some. I shouldn't be reviewing a pilot on air. I shouldn't be reviewing a pilot on air. Okay. I it's guess great. that's bad. It's not out yet. No, no, it's great. But I, I it's just kind of understood that when you get a pilot, it's not done yet. But uh, I liked it. Emmy Rossum was really fun in it, and I think as a result, we want to try to have her on the show. So. Cool. All right, yep. guys. We have uh, we have two more questions for you. Then we're gonna get back to talking to you okay. about look the series on Showtime Sundays at midnight. Very excited about this. Thank I mean, you. And, and you, well, what the the uh, finale is December nineteenth. That's correct. Here, right? The big finale is coming up. So two more episodes. One this Sunday and the uh, Sunday after. Correct. All right. Here we go. Next question for you guys. Showtime's first program was Celebration, a concert special featuring Rod Stewart, Pink Floyd, and A. Abba. B. Lionel Richie, C, Cher, or D, the Rolling Stones? What? I'll go Lionel Richie, but I don't know. What are the four people again? Is it ABBA or ABBA? ABBA? 
ABBA. ABBA, okay. Beat Lionel Richie, see Cher, or D, the Rolling Stones? This is Showtime's first... First program ever. It's called Celebration. It was a concert special. Okay. Now, it featured Rod Stewart, Pink Floyd, and then one of these wonderful artists here. I'm going to take a guess and say Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, okay. What was the last option? The Rolling Stones. I'm going to say them. Allison's going with the Rolling Stones. Lionel Richie for Lionel. Rifkin. I did Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie as well for both of you guys. Mm. Well, you're all wrong, uh, unfortunately. Uh, the correct answer is ABBA. Huh. Okay. I, I, don't, I never really got into their music, by the way. I don't know. I told you. All right, here we go. This is the last question. We'll see who's going to win. Showtime currently has approximately how many million subscribers? Oh. A, 25.3. B, 10.2 million. C, 43.9 million subscribers. D, 16.5 million subscribers. Any idea? Rifkin, I'm going to let you go first here. You should know these things. Um, I, sh- I should. I should know. Again, you put all your time into writing these episodes but because yourself. I, because I wrote, directed, and produced all 11 episodes, I've been, I've been so busy that I have not researched uh, the the history of Showtime, nor have I researched their subscriber. Uh, <laughs> their page. subscriber, but I'm gonna guess. Did you? I think one of the options was a hundred million. That's what I'm gonna say. There was no hundred million option, oh, but okay. uh, but you could go. We'll write it in. We're gonna fill it. That's in. my write-in one. I'm That's gonna guess sixteen point five. Twenty-five. So you're twenty-five point three million. Point three. And Basford. Sixteen point five. Sixteen point five million. Well, just so you know, the hundred million was wrong. Allison, you're wrong as well with the twenty-five point three. And Basford, you're actually correct with the sixteen point five million subscribers. It's actually it's a huge number. Huge for for uh, a, a cable network you have to pay for that's a, pre- huge. a premium yeah, channel. That's big. Sixteen point five million. I wonder what HBO is. I wonder how close they are. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway, yeah, by contrast, what a best show on TV, American Idol, gets what twenty million viewers. Good, good job, guys. Well, yeah, exactly. Ryan, four points. Allison tied with four points. And uh, Rifkin, only two points. It's kind of depressing. God, it's, uh, it's a really bad night for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I ask one trivia question of my own to go out on? Yeah, go. What, what current hot topic right now coincides perfectly with this entire conversation? The whole TSA, right? That's all I'm thinking about the entire time. What a better time to have this conversation, to have a finale. That's right. Well, you know, the TSA stuff, you know, all the, the, the topicalness of the TSA stuff has become, you know, so very, very in the public eye since we finished the season. But I definitely intend to explore it in great detail wow. in another season because the idea of being photographed through your clothes and, and believing that the people who have access to these photos are not going to do anything with them is hilarious. You me. saw it firsthand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, A, just know that when they take pictures of you naked, your face does not look like a blurry blue blob. Really? It yeah. doesn't? And, and B, um, the, uh, those pictures, you know the people who have access to them are going to do stuff with them. So oh I can't wait to dig into that one. Kyle, this might be, Kyle's going to, you know, go in the bathroom real quick and yeah, exactly. he goes to the scanner exactly. get ready. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. There's, there, my prediction is there's going to be, really there's going to be, Ryan Bassford, but there's going to be a big, there's going to be a big, uh, black market online of, uh, uh celebrity, celebrity oh, TSA yeah. photos. Well, I, think, I guarantee you. Think about it. That's what you have to realize. 
at the end of the day, it's impossible to say there's not going to be bad apples. And when you look at it, these people are being paid hourly yeah. to do a job. And with the thousands that it requires, it's, it's impossible do you know how much money one of these guys who gets paid? You're right. You know, twenty an hour. Yeah, what, exactly. Thirty now. How much they could probably sell mm-hmm. a Britney Spears picture? Uh, you know, through her clothes, through the through the airport scanner to TMZ or something. Mm-hmm. They could retire on that. Totally. Right. I mean, can it, you it, refuse well, so much the, money? The body scan? Yeah, you can. You can. Then no, and then no, you have to get you have to get physically searched by okay. the TSA. Well, let's, yeah. yeah. You know, I'd say I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, obviously the big organizations will, will never buy a picture. But, you know, it's the Internet. If that picture is going to get out, it will get out. Oh, of course. They're going to be out. Done the deal. first one. They yeah. get. Well, that's I never that's funny. I never, ever looked at it like that. Yeah. So I, you know, I want to talk to you because I, I was watching the show and it's amazing because it does look unscripted. Thank you. How do you direct these guys? Thank you. Uh, it is entirely scripted. Uh, and how off book is it? Is this a, any improv at all? Very little. Very little. I mean, I, I did. I do say to all the actors that I ever work with on anything, pretty much, that if if something feels more natural in your own words, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to to put it in your own words. And a couple of lines here and there did come out that were improv, you know. But ninety nine point nine percent of it is entirely scripted, and uh, it's an interesting thing for the actors because unlike shooting conventionally, you've got a camera in your face, you've got an entire crew semicircled around the camera all staring at you, and you've got to, you know, sort of in your mind, pretend that camera and that crew is not there. Right. And pretend you're in this moment talking to this person. And here the camera's face. literally three feet away from your face because they're getting the close-up. Absolutely. And you're crying. So, so where's the crew? So on our, on our show, the actors oftentimes can't even see where the cameras are. Like when we would shoot in the mall, for example, we would oh, set right. up we'd set up the cameras on upper balconies or, you know, uh, on rafters up high above. You can't even see that anything's being shot. The crew is off in another room somewhere watching on right. closed circuit, you know, t- television. It's like rea- it sounds like Big Brother the show. It's a lot like it. And so the actors are just wearing radio mics. And they go off into this mall, which is not closed down. I mean, everybody that you see. So there's no permits. There, we, oh, everything's well, permitted. Everything's okay. Permitted. Well, well, for the show, I won't say anything. People are looking at him so weirdly, though. I'm sure. Like, no. Well, what you do is you you put up signs. <laughs> there's a legal way to do it, which is the way we do it. You you permit the mall or whatever other public place mm-hmm. we're doing, and then you put up signs outside of your camera range that say, if right. you enter this area, it is likely you may be photographed. And does that mean you need to release them? You release it? Unless – no, you don't. Unless, okay, interesting. Unless the actors directly interact with them. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, and then um, then you'd need a release. But if some, but our philosophy always was because it's supposed to look like real surveillance footage. If nobody signed the release, we would just blur out their face. Right. You know? So the actors are literally out there in the middle of uh, real life <laughs> going through the dialogue. But anyone around them – just thinks they're having a conversation because it it feels and sounds very natural. And that's part of why I think the acting style looks so un- organic. Organic and unscripted. Right. Because you're they're not repeating, you know, a line for a close up or they're not trying to hit a mark to make sure that they're in their light. Right. They're just out in the world saying yeah. their lines to each other like they're having a normal conversation. Nobody has ever suspected in terms of the real people coming up to them that they're not just talking. And right. it really worked really well. Well, you know, J- Jabber Moose, sorry to interrupt, Al. Jabber Moose says in the chat, my family thought it was unscripted for a few episodes in the beginning. That is very flattering, and thank your family very much. Tell Jabbermouth, I, I was, if you wouldn't have chimed in with that, I was going to chime in, and I was, I was almost embarrassed to say it, but it was in the highest compliment. I was going to say, I watched it, and I paused, and I pulled up the Word document 
to check it out and make sure this wasn't reality. Wow, thank you. And then I pulled it back down and I and I got it. And I go, gee, and that's how yeah, thank you very that's much. That's how real it felt. You're hacking into surveillance cams. <laughs> Did the actors ever feel challenged or get frustrated? Like I don't, I can't. Or did was it a natural thing for them to just fall into it and be like, okay, well, this is more real? Because I was talking about like a friends of mine were going to be doing a movie where part of it was going to be captured by surveillance yeah. camera, and they were asking me like, as an actor, like, ha- like, w- will you feel challenged doing that? Like, will you feel like your performance will suffer because right. there's not a camera in your face? So did they ever come to you? No, they all felt pretty liberated by it. Cool. I would think it might be a little harder to do it if you're mixing both ways of acting in one project. Right, that makes sense. Um, But for this project, I mean, everybody knew going in that this was very, like I said, it's a very experimental way to go about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So... So they knew, and they were everybody was down for the challenge, and cool. it worked really, really well. It felt very natural. One thing that was kind of interesting, though, is sometimes like they're out in the middle of the mall, and and we need to do another take, right? So literally, somebody's got to run, run up to them <laughs> and like just sort of walk by them and say, "Do one more take," as they walk nah. by, just so that it all looks very natural, yeah. you know. But uh, no, so the actors fun. the actors seem to be feel very liberated. I by could it. imagine because, yeah. like you said, like when you're doing a scene and there's a camera right there and you're crying. Or Allison's you know, an dancing, actress, like, by the way, so I she know. gets this and, perspective. And, and you're like trying to block everybody out, and then to just all of a sudden there's nobody around, and I I would forget that I was being filmed. Well, a, a lot of times people did, and that worked in our favor. Yeah, you know, it made it very natural. And I I also said to people, you know, if someone comes up to you at the mall or in a store, or whatever. Stay in character. Stay in character and go with it. You know? And then we'll release them. You yeah. can get the release. Absolutely. Ooh, that's so it's so loose. Yeah. And that, 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 that does sound. I'd love yeah. to see this on the reel. You know, you have some, uh, you know, big director looking at the reel, or you know, big producer or whatever, some studio, and and they're and they're like, what is this? Uh, this is interesting <laughs> camera about, angle. You did know? you use? I can't remember now. The, like when they were in the mini mart, and um, what's the the character, the hot guy that. Is Colton, talking. Colton, yeah, Hayes character, Colton, yeah, that character. He has a camera. Did you use that? Footage? Shane, yeah, Shane, yeah. Shane. His, the character's name is Shane. Okay, yeah. yes, we definitely used that footage. Too. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Which I, I, because there was a close up of the blonde girl. I can't remember her name. He- the character's name is Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. I was like, Hannah. there was a close up of her face. Yeah, which well, we use everybody, the everybody in the episodes. You know, like in real life. You know, everybody in the episodes also have their own cameras in their pockets or they have their own camcorders or they have their oh, own flip right, cams. that's right, when the guys were Right, and so all the cameras that the characters within the show use, that footage is integrated as well. Is that scripted or can they pull it out any time and go, hey, I want to shoot this? And it's, all. it's all pretty much agreed on beforehand, but Got I told it. them, okay. you know – Feel free to do it whenever yeah. you want. You know that's so cool. I what know. Free- okay, I did, so okay. Close. I want to be on the show at some point. Yeah, I'm. I'm not an actor, but I, I can. I can pull off <laughs> the surveillance camera. Th- Look at I'm, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> that's huh? right. Yeah. I'm intrigued by your style because it's always stood out to me. I remember I was going over lines with a friend who had a big audition, and she had done some some very big TV shows, and she went through. You know, five paragraphs. You know, I can't tell you how many words—five hundred words, whatever it was—and she said, "I need you to correct me if any words off." Yeah. And I was like, "What? But you know, but like, no. If I say is not instead of is, like just crazy." And Hunter like, always talked about that. Joking, and they yeah. go, "No." They go, "The studio approves this script." They approve that script for a reason. Yeah. They approve every word. Every word is significant. I'm like, no, you're joking. They're like, no. I've had directors where I've talked for a minute straight and I hit one word off and he yelled cut. 
because it's that strict. And I am like, and they're like, it just depends who you're working with. Mm-hmm. It it all depends on but, who you're working with. And by the way, that is true in certain instances. Certain words have significance for certain reasons, but other times there it's it's irrelevant. So it really is. It's 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 dependent on the scene and the and the and the the monologue and who you know and the director. I mean, a lot of directors say. You know, throw the script out completely, and let's just you know the intent of the scene <laughs> right. is you know you want to break up with him and go. It's like Kirby you know? enthusiasm, but yeah. some so directors think, are basically think, you're saying. But some director style is it's as little as hey, you missed the word is, but you missed a word, and we don't miss words on this set. And others are like <laughs> some people work better. But Adam's yeah, not yeah. a jackass. You can tell he's a creative. <laughs> guy. I just always he been gives, very very intrigued gives, how that works and the freedom and all that. So he gives always, creative freedom. I try to I try to keep a pretty relaxed set. And have everybody have – I mean to me, I'm doing what I always dreamed of doing. You know, professionally, like I get yeah. to make movies and TV shows. And mm-hmm. when I was growing up in Chicago, all I ever wanted to do was come out to Hollywood and make mm-hmm. movies for real. You right. know? And so – Did you go to Columbia? No. I went to I, I went to high school at the Chicago Academy of the Arts. Got it. OK. And then once I was done with high school, I came out here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, 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 I graduated high school early. I said uh, – hold on. Oh. Wait, all three of us? I no, said, none of us have our it, degree. Right? And, I don't have mine. I left early. Yeah, you left I early. Didn't <laughs> you didn't go to college. We are we are all idiots. We are a bad influence are, on we, the youth of America. We, we don't know what we're talking <laughs> about. We is bad influences. Adam, <laughs> Adam Rifkin, writer, director, producer of Look the Series, is joining us right now. Uh, I want to talk about casting of the show. Yeah. Uh, how did you cast this thing? What, what, what kind of what, what went on? What, who were you looking for when you casted this? Because if you look at, at who's on the cast, it's kind of interesting. You, you you have a wide array of players. Well, when we cast, uh, look the movie first. Um, the it, it was very important to me that we not have movie stars because. It was supposed to, yeah. It's distracting. It's supposed to feel as much like real surveillance footage as possible, which is why know? it feels like reality. Thank you. There you go. Um, so interestingly enough, first time in my entire career, you know, we send the script out to all the agencies. Usually, you're begging actors of name to be in your project, right? This time, we said to all the agents. We don't want anybody who's recognizable at all. <laughs> we only want the people who are the best actors who are always losing roles to the names. Because, you know, that's how it works for people who don't uh, know. You know, so many actors and actresses lose out to the name. because That's me. I can't get a damn hosting gig for the life of me on any of these big networks because, uh, you know, Joe Schmo, who's done three NBC shows, gets That's what happens. Job. There's this list of approved names. And, the you know, a lot of times really good actors and actresses lose out because they'd rather have somebody with a name value. So right, we said – you know, we don't want anybody. With I'm perfect value. for this show. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so for the first time in my career, the agents are suddenly throwing big names at us to be in the movie, and some real, you know, significant actors wanted to be in it. One of them, at the time we were shooting, had been just nominated for an Oscar that year, and so the producerial side of me and of us all said, God, this would really up the value of this little movie, you know? But creatively, I said, I can't do it. I have to stick to my guns. I have to make sure that this feels as much like real surveillance footage as possible. And so we passed on all the big names. And I believe creatively I made the right choice. And I think I think you did, too. Thank you. It would have distracted. And And so the same thing went... For the show. Mm-hmm. We said to the agencies the same thing. You know, based on the movie, we're doing the same thing with the series. And for it to feel real, we don't want anybody who's a big name. 
And again, we got all these big names that wanted to be a part of it. But we said, no, since we knew it worked once before, it was easier to say, no, yeah. we're sticking with the, the original idea. And basically every role we cast, uh, we, we read hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are tons of actors and actresses in this town. Right. Casting takes forever. It takes forever. How long, how long did it take for look? It took months because we started casting real early. You know, real early. Uh, we, I wrote all the episodes – uh, and then there was a long period of time where, you know, you're just kind of getting ducks in a row in terms of contracts and, mm-hmm. and budgets and all that kind of stuff. And so we started casting way early on and we saw tons of people. Um, and what you're looking for for a show like Look is not only somebody who can act, but somebody who can roll with punches if like somebody walks up to them in a mall and mm-hmm. starts talking to them. People who are down with the idea of doing something a little, you know, Different. unconventional. Yeah. Right. Uh, but also to people who just feel real. People who just feel like the the you know that they would really be these people rather than actors playing these characters, mm-hmm. and I think we got really lucky and got a great cast. Do you, you know? give them any room at all in the audition for nerves or anything like that? Always, it, yeah, it, because the, the audition environment is very it's a it's a very inorganic environment. You know, if someone it's comes nothing in, like what you're actually going to be doing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I've cast people who gave horrible auditions because I know when they come in, there's something there that's interesting about them. They're nervous in the audition. I totally forgive them for being nervous. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) But I'll look at some of their other stuff or I'll look at their resume and see, oh, this person's done a lot of theater or they've done – you know, they've worked with this director three times. They must have something that that Mm -hmm. person likes or whatever. Um, You know, and then there are people who come in sometimes and give a phenomenal audition. But I don't give them the part because, A, they're wrong for the part or or they just didn't feel real Real or, you know, there's just – there's a lot of – you know, you can only cast one person per role. Right. And sometimes you get three people who are all great for the same role and Mm -hmm. it's just – it just – Kills you and you can't it. flip a coin because there's only two sides. So what do sometimes you do? it sometimes you get lucky. Like there was one significant role uh, in this uh, in the movie and one significant role in the show, both where the original person who was cast during production had to exit, and the next choice had to take over. And it worked out really well. So wow. sometimes you get lucky. You know, so it's that yeah. combination of realness. Yet still nailing the material. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, you, you mentioned uh, George Orwell's book, 1984, uh, in the beginning of your interview here. Uh, are we on our way to proving this? <laughs> I, I mean, in your, uh, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you this. There's everything we do, everywhere we go, we are being watched on camera. And the cameras are definitely not going away. They are growing exponentially. Are, you know, there are more surveillance cameras than there have ever been, and there are just going to be more and more as the days go forward. There are more cameras in our pockets. There are more flip cams. There are more webcams. There are more cell cams. There are, there's more tweeting going on. There's more Facebooking going on. There's more YouTubing going on. There's more ways of photographing and, and, and uh, you know, socially connecting than there's ever been before. In a lot of ways, I think that's fantastic. And in a lot of ways, I think that's scary. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? And so if nothing else, I'd love look to be sort of a, a splash of cold water in the face of people's obliviousness to the fact that there's, there's all these cameras. Right. right. So our, now we don't have as many cameras as uh, London or whatever. London is uh, the most surveyed city in the world. I mean, they, they have cameras everywhere. Everywhere. And, and they are sort of the litmus test for all these other major cities in the U.S. that right. want to follow suit, you know. And again, like you said, 
the London bombers were caught because of those cameras. Right. So there's a lot of good uses for those cameras. Mm-hmm. But again, that Rutgers kid who killed himself, killed himself because of that that webcam. webcam footage that was posted online, and there's a lot of camera abuses. And so. there was also, right. about a year or two ago, there was a kid who committed suicide in front of a webcam while oh. people oh. chatting with him. He took too many pills. Yeah. We're encouraging him to do it, thinking yeah. he actually wasn't, and then you saw the police arrive. Yeah. Oh, my and this God. Whole vi- I, I actually saw the that. video. It was oh. terrifying. That's horrible. Did but, I share uh, the- did I say that? Was it just in my head or did I say it out loud? The positive story about the baseball game and the guy. Um, there's been guys who, you know, were, were uh, not convicted, not tried, maybe tried for a murder trial. And it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't me, you know. And sure enough, they pull up uh, old ESPN footage or they pull up surveillance footage from the, uh, you know, from the baseball game. And sure enough, you zoom in and you see the guy right in the, right well, in the audience. Well, that happened with, speaking of Larry David, that happened with a murder suspect. Um, uh, who was for sure going down. And he said, wait a minute, I think that they were shooting... And they couldn't find him in any of the footage at the- from that game. And he said, but wait, they were shooting an episode of Larry David that night. And so they looked <laughs> no. at the dailies oh, from wow. the Larry David episode, and he was in that footage. That's the- that's probably what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, maybe right? so, maybe so. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy, it right? saved his life. Well, Saved his life, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's amazing, just that one thing. It hurts yeah. myself thinking uh, about that. Uh, now, it wasn't there. I'm sure, I mean, obviously you've heard of the, I, th- I believe it was in Pennsylvania, the, the school that was capturing, uh, they give the notebooks to the oh, yeah, students. Oh, absolutely. Whole thing. Uh, I, I mean, how do you feel about that? What, 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 what about that situation? I mean, did that, do you have anything, Wait, uh, did that encourage? Yeah, the, the principal okay. was <laughs> spying on the students through their webcams. The, the school would lend these laptops to the students. These MacBooks yeah. to all their students. Right. <laughs> and so he was tapping into their webcams in their bedrooms and watching As, them right. See without their knowledge. Doing. Taking and, photos. Yeah. And if they were doing anything illegal, the he was... The school was doing this? The principal of the school. Okay. And if they were doing anything illegal that he deemed either illegal or immoral or whatever it was, he got the kids in trouble, right? Well, he's the one that got in trouble for you know being a complete frickin' pervert. You know what right, I mean? and that's but, so messed up. But I will tell you this, it, it, it brings to mind an interesting notion, which is true, that software exists where one can tap into your webcam and watch you at home without you being aware of it. Did you this know? influence your show? It absolutely influenced my show, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that's one of the ways for the, for the movie that I didn't have the, I didn't feel I had the freedom to explore, but for the television show, I, I knew I did. There are scenes in the television show where there's a camera on in a private home because it's it's from the point of view of the webcam on their computer. Uh, and so we know that that is absolutely doable, that you can hack into those cameras and obtain all that, you know, wow. that those visuals. So that's, that's where my rationale with uh, being able to obtain footage from a webcam came from. And also, too, you know, in addition to uh, the f- footage, this, the show is also just sort of about the data that's out there, all mm-hmm. the information that's out there, like the texting, for example, right? When you text, everything you text is out there in the ether, and it's retrievable. So if you're being sued by someone, that, you know— You can they, get those that, text that, messages that, Those text back. messages can and be prosecuted, subpoenaed and prosecuted because of those text messages, right? So in the show, that's why in episode one, you see, and we do it all throughout the season— um, when you see two people texting, like in the opening episode, you see uh, two kids texting each other between classrooms. Right. Um, and and genius, I just have to say one more time, genius way of doing that. Because I felt you. like I was oh, looking I, at an I iPhone. I was so intrigued. I was just so like, it was weird because I was so engaged in that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So the idea was, okay, we've got surveillance footage of these two kids in these two classrooms texting each other. And we can obtain the text messages, you know, from the you know, the server that they're on somewhere. And so we would subtitle what they're texting on the screen 
And the whole scene plays out with just two people texting each other. You don't hear one line of dialogue. The, the insane eraser says, I need this TV series now. We have a new fan. He's going to start watching it. Thank you. Uh, I have a couple questions from one person. His name's Aaron Valance. He sent these in, uh, and, and I'm going to ask you a couple of them because they're actually pretty interesting. He put a lot of thought on this, and, and I find them intriguing. Uh, for any producer, thoughts on DRM, releasing content via streaming, Hulu, Netflix, what are your thoughts about new media and, and the digital world? Well, this is, you know, this is, the, new, this is the new frontier. You right. Know what I mean? Uh, and in many ways, it's fantastic, and in many ways, it's not. You know, I think that the 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 music industry, you know, can and and the the, the destruction thereof can teach you know a lot of lessons to the people in the TV and the movie industry, um, because you know, uh, by the way, the 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 golden goose of te- the television world was that those billion dollar deals. It, those syndication deals, you know, you make right. 100 episodes of a show and you sell these the 100 episode syndicated, you know, to TBS to, to TBS for a billion dollars. Right. Now they're available for 99 cents an episode on Hulu, you know, what right. I mean, or for free on or for Hulu, iTunes, or, or, yeah, iTunes, 99 cents, right. whatever. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that they need to still be figuring out. I think. Creatively speaking, this is the most exciting time for anybody out there who wants to be a filmmaker, who wants to be an actor who wants to be a musician, because it is completely democratized, right? right. And we were talking about this just upstairs. just upstairs, right? So the idea is if you want to be – like when I started out wanting to make movies in Chicago, right, um, the idea of getting a movie made seemed like this magical, untouchable idea, right? So when I moved out to Hollywood, I learned pretty easily that you need money to make a movie. And, and even on a low-end scale, you need a lot of money, right? right? You, you need, there's 50 people. Exactly. On, on a so, budget thing. so when when I made my first movie, you needed to shoot it on film. You needed, you know, film is expensive. You know, it's expensive to develop. You needed to right. edit it on a moviola, which is a big piece of machinery. Mm-hmm. For it to be seen, it had to be shown in a theater. For it to be marketed, you had to spend <laughs> a lot of money on TV ads or newspaper ads. Now, you can shoot a movie with your phone. You can edit it on your laptop. You can post it on YouTube to a worldwide audience and you can promote it to a worldwide audience on Twitter and Facebook. Right? And if it's good, you, uh, there's there's no way it's not going to make its way around the That's the key. Shines, That's yeah. the key. Your your biggest production value is talent. So if you have talent, you can make a fantastic movie for free basically, and that's where things have completely changed and why it's the most exciting time. Um and I encourage anybody who wants to be a filmmaker or anybody who wants to be a performer, make movies, perform, you know, create your own content, get it up online, you know, get it out to the world uh, because that's the quickest way to the head of the class. You right. don't have to wait for permission anymore. You don't need – Well, look what we did. Three See, years of doing this and look at the audience we've generated. So you exactly right. Us, You're doing it exactly right. So you think the cream of the crop now will be better than ever before because if the talent's there – you know, a lot, it will it, it will it will be seen, it will be shown to us. Absolutely, basically. content is king. The good stuff will somehow find its way to the top. You know, you just have to generate it. Uh, but like but when I when I was starting out, if 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 YouTube existed when I was a kid, I would have devoted I devoted my life already to making movies in the backyard. You know, when I was growing up, if I knew that I had a worldwide audience that I could present my movies to instead of just my 14 friends, you know, that would come over and I'd stretch the, the bed sheet in the, across the backyard and show it to my friends. If I knew that I could show it to a worldwide audience and potentially have fans in Japan and Switzerland, oh, my God, that's all I would have done is make mm-hmm. movies and post them on YouTube 
all the time. <laughs> and so that's what I encourage people to do. Just get out there and make movies. Well, you wonder how many people out there that you know had all the talent in the world, but they just never had that opportunity, never had that luck, never had that thing that clicked. It's true. Now there's no excuse. If, you know? if you're sitting around saying, well, I'd love to make my movie, but I need $10 million to make it. You know what? Don't make that movie next. Make your make your far less expensive movie right. first, and get and get your stuff out there. Right. All right. So, stand by for more Kyle Sherman. What the hell is that? Oh, it's rotten milk. Celebrity milk is just around the corner. That's right. Celebrity Milk is coming up here in just a few minutes. We have a lot of top news for you. Allison will bring you some. I'll give you some paper. I have it. I have it printed out for you today. Um, well, some more questions for Adam here uh, from uh, Aaron Valance. He sent them in, and I, I actually I think they're great questions. I picked out a couple more here. Um, besides moving into the mountains, Adam, how can you avoid camera privacy issues? Um, well, you know, I'd, do you have an answer? I put that. a piece of tape over your webcam. Okay, right. Right. and I'd lock your door. Okay. I wouldn't leave your house, and then, right. and then you're pretty much okay. Have you become more paranoid? But take the but take the uh, battery out of your cell phone. Be sure to do that. Okay, then, so no then, cell phones. Tape the the webcam. Yeah. Lock Why your take door. The battery out? Because it can still be used as a bugging device, even if it's off. This scares me right now. Now, no. now, now all of this. Have you become more paranoid? That's another question. I wouldn't say that I've become more paranoid because i've always been very paranoid so um no i you know what no it's interesting if you let this kind of stuff af- affect you in a negative way you, you you can't get anything done you can't go anywhere you, you just have to you just have to change your behavior you know just don't do anything potentially scandalous or embarrassing wear a foil hat here's what's interesting <laughs> now right. is everyone is starting to essentially become a celebrity i mean they're you know the 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 attention that was once reserved for celebrity is now going to everybody. Absolutely. No, it's absolutely true. Now a kid coming home from the dentist who's high on laughing gas is <laughs> suddenly <laughs> yeah, it was suddenly right. a superstar. Yeah, it, you know? right. It's a great video, Bob. If you haven't seen it, oh, well, I, I'm sure you have. Yeah. And it has 200 million views. What are you saying? He goes, is this going to be forever? Well, <laughs> speaking of that, I just want to share very, very quickly, if I, if I seem a little step off and the words seem a tiny bit slow, I uh, – I naively took uh, – I was – Basford is high. Basford is high. I asked someone if they had allergy medicine. She said, take here, take this. And I took it, and it was too Benadryl. It was drowsy. It, was, it wasn't non-drowsy, I should say. <laughs> By the way, the only thing I had eaten is I took this at 2 o'clock today in the afternoon. The only thing I had eaten was a glazed donut in the morning. <laughs> and healthy. all of a sudden, I'm just grinning at my desk, and I'm just smiling and – Bosco there. are you okay? And I go, yeah, but I feel weird. <laughs> and it took me about an, it took me thirty minutes to realize what happened. And I go, oh, I took that Benadryl. I bet it's not in drought. Is this know? your first show while you've been high? I feel something? good now, but you look I think good. This is the beginning of a whole new kind <laughs> of show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone, it's your best show. I, yet. This is one of my favorite questions sent in. Uh, what are your thoughts on Google camera cars and and taking pictures of everybody on the streets? And well, we use. That yeah, in the show did. we used yeah. Google Street View and Google Camera Cars and and Google Earth and everything. I remember that you zoom yeah. into that. Right. We yeah. used it all to zoom into a, the school yeah. and we the, used it all as right. a uh, as a um, a tool for the series. You know, I mean, it's interesting. The the stuff that everybody complains about is also the stuff that everybody's equally as curious about and looks at themselves. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's easy for people to criticize this stuff, but they're also checking it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing stuff. Even though you don't want to get caught, you know, with the, you know, 
yeah. the wrong person. I mean, exactly. The the law in in Los Angeles changed uh, with respect to the red light cameras because early on in the in the process of that, um, a guy was photographed uh, going through a red light, and when the photograph showed up at the house, the, his wife opened the yeah. the the mail, and the picture of uh, her husband. Uh, in the passenger seat, there was a woman that was not his wife yep. with him, and it caused his marriage to dissolve, and so he sued the city. So now they have to blur out everybody other than oh, the driver. You know? Wow. Well, yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite stories like that, it's, it's not necessarily a surveillance camera, but it's dealing with the whole Facebook issue, is that I heard back in the early day, a guy, I'm not usually a big fan of people who sue, but trust me, this was definitely a, uh, definitely a justified reason. I guess he, he went on the website, and he bought an engagement ring. And this is another thing that I wonder about is if Facebook can see where I'm at on some sites, uh-oh, could they pull up every site I've ever been to? But I guess that's a whole other topic. But anyway, so he buys this engagement <laughs> ring and um, all of a sudden, you know, the, the computers aren't smart enough to filter the sensitivity, obviously, of an engagement ring. And it just says, you know, Bob Smith recently purchased a ring at Tiffany's. And boom, it blasted out on his timeline. <laughs> and obviously his girlfriend's a friend. And saw it, and the engagement was, you know, the surprise of the engagement was ruined. Ruined. So he took, he took Facebook <laughs> to court, and he won. Wow. And they issued a very big apology and said, hey, He's like the Winkle, Winklevoss twins. He's probably yeah. won, what, $65 <laughs> million? But I think that's such a, yeah, talk about, you wow. know. Yeah. That's wow. amazing. Well, pri- privacy is, it is interesting. And, and, and the funny thing is we're giving it away. It's well, that's, that's what's fascinating to me is that people are so voluntarily putting themselves under surveillance every day, all day, everything they do. Everywhere they go, they're tweeting what they're thinking about. They're posting pictures of where they're standing in front of. It's it's a very fascinating time. Everybody's become an uber voyeur, and everybody's become an uber exhibitionist. Well, you, you were know? so far ahead of the curve because you, what everyone needs to understand again is how long it takes for a TV show or a movie to get made. So it's current right now, but you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah, two thousand. Well, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you anticipated it. You saw it we, for the first <laughs> time in our careers. We actually uh, hit the right timing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Adam Rifkin, writer, director, and producer of Look the Series, Sunday nights at 12 a.m. on Showtime. Uh, and December 19th is the season finale, right? Correct. So, there's, there's two more shows. There's two more episodes. This Sunday is episode 10, and uh, then on the 19th is the finale. And don't feel that you can't start tuning in now because there's always a recap at the beginning yeah. of every episode and it'll definitely give you enough information to get you up to speed. Cool. All right. Well, I like that. So it's, it's previously on. Correct. Mm-hmm. Previously on Look. Previously on Look. Do you do the voice? I yeah. Did, I did that voice. Oh. No way. That's, That's right. good. You That's do right. everything. This is unbelievable. I got producer, writer, director, When are you going to act in it? <laughs> Wait, can you do it one more time? Because I like that. Previously on Look. Oh wow! You are like a camera. <laughs> that, that that speaks camera to me. Thank you. That that's really good. Is, it, could you record raps for our show? We're yeah. looking for a new. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, we need a new voiceover guy. That was a purely out of necessity. We we literally tried to get a good voiceover guy to do that, and the amount of money that it was going to cost us just for that, I said, no, I'll, I'll do it. Do, I'll I have a great voiceover Trust guy. Me. By the way, I, we have our voiceover guy comes in. He's awesome. And he, it's amazing. Some days he works for twenty seconds. Yeah. And he goes, and he goes. You know what? And, he, and he's exactly right. He goes. 
They pay me what they pay on Chelsea show because they they know they need someone that's reliable. Mm. And if I can go and get it done in twenty seconds, I'm saving everyone time. Well, the the king of that just died, Don Lafontaine. He mm. was Mister Trailer. Oh yeah, guy, he was. Know? He was. And I noticed the trailer. Trailers are becoming more. Uh, you know, they're more like the words. They're yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, there's no voiceover. It's yeah. just a, there, there's titles, which is similar to the uh, the, look the look campaign. Trailer. The, yeah. the, the, the look true. trailer. That's true. Uh, second season. Are we gonna Are we gonna see one? Do you know yet? That's the hope. I mean. And, you know, so far so good. I will tell you this. Our ratings have been spectacular. Fantastic. Every, every week we've been the number one show in our time slot in Showtime. Oh, I mean, that is with, awesome. With the highest ratings that Showtime's had since 2007 in that slot. Oh, so, awesome. So every week. Congratulations. So, I knock on wood. That. I'm, oh, yeah. Congratulations. Do whatever I can to help. Please. I know it's small, but Thank it all ends up. <laughs> Every little I'll bit helps. I'll tweet about it. Please do. So so the hope is we're definitely going to get another season, and, and uh, we're ready to just hit the ground running. All right. So listen, I want to move into Celebrity Milk for a few. This is where we talk about some celebrity news, what's happening right now around Hollywood, and you can you can commentate on what's happening. Happy We to. can make fun of people. We can do whatever we want to do. Uh, there's even a picture of somebody that we're going to talk about here in a sec. I want people who are listening to send in questions. This is your last chance to send in your questions to Adam Rifkin. Uh, you can do that by either tweeting me at Kyle Sherman or the show at Kyle Live, or you can hop on to ustream.tv slash Kyle Live and ask your questions in the chat room there. All right. You guys ready for some celebrity milk? The time is right for a nice warm drink of... Celebrity Milk. Utterly delicious news. All right, check this out. Jack Black and Jason Siegel have gotten serious for the holidays with a rocking version of Peace on Earth. It's like it's little drummer boy, basically. The, the Gulliver's Travels co-stars are offering all U.S. proceeds from the sale of the song available on iTunes to Blue Star Families, a nonprofit organization created by military families for military families. Check this out. I actually have the song right here. Peace on earth. 
Jack Black, Jason <laughs> Siegel. Wow, it was really good. What a great song. That got me in the holiday spirit. Uh, awesome. Are you Jewish? Holidays. Yes. Okay, so you don't celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas. But happy right. Hanukkah right now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Happy Hanukkah. I'm, I'm not racist, by the way. No. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> that's the wrong word choice. Uh, no, I, I love what you're doing. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to, this is like digging the hole. Not sure yeah, what to I do. Keep, keep I'm not I'm homophobic. Gonna, <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to give myself a round of applause. It's the only oh, way I know how to end this. All right. Listen to this. Jessica, this is amazing, actually. Jessica Simpson is a fashion mogul. Listen, she was mocked for once wearing mom jeans, but Jessica Simpson is a fashion mogul who's laughing all the way to the bank. Woman's Wear Daily says the star's fashion line took in seven hundred and fifty million so far this year alone. Seven hundred and fifty million. And is expected uh. to be the first celeb brand, the first celeb brand to top one billion dollars. Jess herself is worth somewhere in the neighborhood of about a hundred million. Isn't that insane? Impressive. Yeah, impressive. it's crazy to me. Good for her. Have you ever thought about having celebs on, on the show? Like, yeah, in, in the fact, background? One of the, one of the things we want to do for season two is have a subplot of a celebrity and follow their ah. story through the, uh, uh, through the, uh, through the uh, uh, paparazzi cameras. Genius. That produce society genius. coming through, right? Yeah. Genius. <laughs> that is freaking yeah. genius. And we cast, we cast the person as themselves, which is how we get around it being a celebrity. Dang it. I wish I was bigger already. <laughs> okay. I'll try, I'll try to rush before second season. Please, hurry. <laughs> All right. Listen it's to this. a race. I'll race you to it. Kim Kardashian's love life is speeding along just days after news broke that she was dating Halle Berry's ex, Gabriel Aubrey. We hear they've broken up and that Kim has already snagged a new guy. New Jersey Nets player Chris Humphreys. Dude, she's got to slow down, first of all. She's been everywhere. She's what? like dating every guy. Do you even know she's anything single. about that? You don't, you're too busy with look. You don't I, know uh, I've been very busy with look. I haven't had time to, to focus you on You haven't had time to on look at the Right, but I will tell you that my mom loves the Kardashian show. Oh, really? She loves so it. do I. I love that show. It is such a time waster, but Bruce it's genius. My, have you ever watched it? I haven't seen it. The dad, Bruce Jenner, is the I'm funniest a, He's part. great. I, I'm, the Bruce Jenner I know is the... The Bruce Jenner of yore. I, I don't really. I'm not really aware of what the new Bruce Jenner's like. Best but. athlete ever, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's just funny because uh-huh. he's dealing with all these like crazy people, and he just sits there and like shakes his head. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny. Listen to this. Billy Crystal has some Oscar hosting advice for James Franco. 127 hours. I don't, have you seen the film yet? Great movie. Yeah, I'm dying to see. Yeah, I, I, I love Danny Boyle. One yeah. of my favorite directors. Really good. Uh, he has some ho- uh, Oscar hosting advice for James Franco and Anne Hathaway. He says, get some comfortable footwear for the big night. Yesterday on The View, the eight-time Oscar host said, quote, after the monologue sneakers, wear, uh, wear uh, excuse me, after the monologue sneakers, wear sneakers. It's such a long night. Wow. His other suggestion, make sure you look like you actually want to be at the Oscars. Good so advice. I guess that's good. Yeah, I wonder how you do that. He's been a, mm-hmm. he he's been in my opinion the best Oscar oh. host of our generation. I know? love yeah. I, I, mean, I I love the Oscars. I love the Oscars too. I remember when I was a kid. You know, Johnny Carson would still host the Oscars, right. and that he was awesome. I mean, he, Johnny Carson was incredible. So my goal is to host the Emmys. That's one of my goals. That'd be great. I want that's down the line when I'm like forty or something. Maybe 35. We'll see what happens. Reese Witherspoon is definitely on Team Edward. She co-stars with Robert Pattinson in the upcoming drama Water for Elephants. And she has nothing but good things to say about the Twilight star. Quote, I'm not going to lie. He's a very, very handsome man, she tells USA Today. He's sweet and loving and has just the nicest family. So good to maybe know. Reese and, and Robert will <laughs> hook curious, up. So. This is, by the way, this is how I know what's going on in this town. 
Like it's it's the stuff that nobody reads. Celebrity milk's the only way I know what's happening. (laughs) I like I find out. I'm like, whoa, no way, is that happening? Okay, listen to this. We're gonna put this on the blog. This is interesting. And talk about talk about you know paparazzi and stuff. This is this is exactly (laughs) what we're talking about today. The proof is in the armpit. There's been endless speculation that Christina Aguilera had a boob job and a new photo may finally prove it once and for all. While in Tokyo this week to promote burlesque, she raised her arm to greet fans and revealed a scar in her right armpit. According to the Daily Mail, that's a common sign of breast augmentation where the implants are inserted through the armpit. That sounds very painful. Yeah. But I have the picture right here. Check this out. That's the picture, black and white. Well, what if it was like to remove a lump or something? Let me see it, Kyle. Maybe she had a tumor there. I mean, I don't know anything really about this. We'll post that on the blog. Ooh. Oh, wow. In looking at the picture, I I don't think that's a a scar. I think that's a different opening. (laughs) Yeah, that's the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Is that inappropriate to talk about on this show? No, we can talk about anything on this show. No FCC, baby. Anything. This is weird. We'll post it on the blog. Mark, remind me about that. Ricky's not here, so we can't can't tell him to do it. It looks funny. Here we go. Sorry. Uh, I'm going through questions here on our Ustream. There's a bunch of them here. Um, Did you see Love and Other Drugs? Yeah, we'll we'll check it out in a second. All right, I got some celeb quickies, and then we'll jump into these questions for Adam Rifkin. Uh, the woman who slashed, these are quickies, by the way, so we'll get through these fast. The woman who slashed Leonardo DiCaprio's face with a wine glass was sentenced yesterday to two years in prison. Oh Aretha Wilson pled no contest to assault with a deadly weapon last month. Wow, that's a long, it seems like a long time for she just a, a glass. Lady Gaga has been named most pro- uh, pro- provocative, excuse me, celebrity of the year by HLN Showbiz Tonight. She beat out uh, Charlie Sheen, Mel Gibson, Lindsay Lohan, and Miley Cyrus for the honor. That makes sense. She has crazy styles. What do you think about Lady Gaga? Awesome. awesome, very talented. Yeah. You listen to her music, of course. Okay. Kate uh, Blanchett will dust off her elf costume from the Lord of the Rings movies to reprise her role as Lady Galadriel. Galadriel. In The Hobbit. Martin Freeman will play, uh, oh, will play Bilbo Baggins. Oh. Yeah, it's a new, uh, new character on the show. Bilbo Baggins. Oh, yeah. All right, and just a quickie for you guys. This is who said it. I'm just going to – there's three uh, There's three answers to this. Okay. Or three potential answers, I should say. It's multiple choice. It's multiple choice. <laughs> Thank you. You'd be a great school teacher. Uh, it's a multiple choice uh, thing, and that's uh, a quote from somebody. So you got to guess who the quote's from. I, I'm guessing that Adam has no idea. Uh, I, I'm been <laughs> – man, am I losing it or what today? I'm – Thank you, kids. I've been making fun of Angelina Jolie since she made out with her brother. Was it A, Kathy Griffin, B, Joan Rivers, or C, Chelsea Handler? Do you have any idea? I'm going to say Chelsea Handler. Okay. Was was Copernicus a choice? (laughs) Yeah. Just another write-in. You're going with Copernicus. Yes. And I'll go with Chelsea Handler. All right. Copernicus is wrong, of course. Chelsea Handler is right. Good job. You guys made it through. Okay, now let me see if I can get these questions organized here for you because there's, there's a couple of them. Then I have a couple of quickies for you as well, real fast ones. Um, you know, actually, that's what we'll do first. We'll go through these fast ones, and then I'll try to organize. What, they're being sent in so quickly. I can't read them. Um, all right, so where are the quickies here? Here we go. Here's the fan quickies. These are some questions that were sent in via Twitter earlier today. Favorite movie other than your own? Oh gee, that's a that's a horrible question. It's know, impossible it's to question. impossible to nail down a favorite movie. There's so many movies I love. Um, I can tell you when I when I was when I was a kid, 
I had a favorite movie at a what certain point. I had a, my, my favorite movie at the, when I was a little kid was a movie called Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. I've never it, seen it. Great movie. Great movie. Included all the great Universal Monster movies and a lot of Abbott and Costello comedy. So great movie. All right. Let's see. Quickie number two, favorite genre of film. Favorite genre? I would say that my favorite, I guess you could call it a genre. My favorite genre of film is an era of film, which is the, are the 70s character dramas. I love uh, the you know movies like Taxi Driver and The God. Taxi Driver was intense. Network and uh, all those great character dramas, The French Connection, those, that, that period of time. Those films, those filmmakers, incredible. What about what about the Three Days of the Condor? Right, that yeah, happen? that fits right in with that uh, era. Exactly, I, lo- I love that movie. It's like the that, that was like the original Born to me. Great, absolutely. running away from the government. I love, I like that stuff. That whole, that whole. There's a book about that era of filmmaking called Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. It's absolutely, you know, the Last Picture Show is another movie from that era. I just love all those movies. Okay, so listen, the Ustream chat is just going insane. It's going so fast that it only holds so many things, and I lost all your questions because they went up on, on, up on the top here. So we'll keep going with these. Are you a new media guy, Twitter, Facebook, Friendster? Yes, uh, I am. JK with the Friendster, by the way. I, uh, I am on Twitter, and I encourage everybody to please uh, follow me on Twitter, which the is, process of that before is my, my Twitter name is at Adam Rifkin. I'm on Facebook. You can my, – my, like my Facebook fan page, which is called the Adam Rifkin fan page. I'll, I'm going to like it. Please do. Can you like mine? I would love to. Okay, perfect. I absolutely will. And also, too, there's the Look uh, look the Series Facebook fan page. And okay. look And at Look TV Series is the Look Twitter uh, uh, handle. So much to remember. So we'll, much we'll stuff. Put it, we'll put it on the blog. Please so do. So that, that way people can uh, – uh, go with it. Okay, Zach, here we go. Here's the questions are coming back now. Uh, Zekis ask, asks you, what's uh, your favorite part about working on the show? Your absolute favorite part? Uh, you know, my favorite part about working on the show is is basically what my favorite part is about making any of the stuff that I've made, making any of the movies I've made, and the show uh, uh, is is the same. There's nothing more satisfying than having an idea and putting the the effort into writing it all down and prepping it and shooting it and getting it all, you know, putting all the work into getting it all finished and then being able to see people's reactions to it and them reacting the way you wanted them to. Right. It's the best feeling in the world. We had a premiere party for the show and we screened the first few episodes and the reaction was fantastic. And then we had a screening up at Twitter for the heads of Twitter, for the CEO of Twitter and for all their employees. Ah, ED, what's his name? And uh, Dick C., is the is the current uh, CEO of Twitter. Okay. at Dixie is his uh, Twitter handle. Who who's he got started? What's his? He starts with an E. He yeah no he's he's not he's no longer there. Was he current. there? He was not there. I'm a fan. Oh, a little Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, the, uh, seeing them react to the show as well, just an awesome feeling. And then you know seeing the the reaction with the reviews we've gotten, it's just been really great. That's always so much fun. Okay. Along that line, very quick, I just yeah I, we, I was talking about Diablo and I asked her that question the other day. I go, what's it like to to have an idea in your head that you might get when you're driving or at the coffee shop to yourself and then you see it on paper and you see these actors and you see all the jobs and all the lives changed and how many how many homes it went into. That has to be crazy to think, you know. It's a great feeling. I mean, yeah. you sit down, you think of an idea. Okay, I want, like for example, I wrote this uh, silly movie called Mouse Hunt, right? And um, Which is with Nathan Lane in it. And I remember writing that there's a character who's a, an exterminator <laughs> Uh, and he drives a truck with a giant cockroach on the top of it, right? So then you're on the set, and suddenly you see the truck drive by with the giant plastic cockroach on <laughs> the top, right? 
Uh, and then uh, it's just an incredible, incredible feeling. And then you see Christopher Walken in the costume of the Exterminator, and you think, oh, my God, it's incredible. <laughs> Zach wow. says thanks for the great answer, by the way. You're welcome. All right. Uh, the Insane Eraser. He's asking, uh, where do you get your best inspiration? Um, that's a good question with a bad answer because I, I don't have an Pornographic answer. films. <laughs> I get ideas from every possible place you could imagine. I mean, I'll hear a song and an idea will hit me. I'll, I'll watch a movie and it'll inspire me to think of an idea. I'll read a book or I'll just be sitting doing nothing of any consequence and an idea will just come to me. In your, in, what are dreams? Dreams. I get a lot of ideas from dreams. I write my dreams down. I doodle a lot. I draw a lot. So sometimes my just subconscious. You're on the come, phone and you're yeah. I just doodle, doodle and some, like like speaking of Mouse Hunt, the, the idea for the movie Mouse Hunt came from a doodle. You know, wow. so that happens a lot. Spell it out on a Ouija board, ever? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> okay, this is an, this is a very interesting question. I don't know if you even have an answer for it. This comes from Jabber Moose. He's wondering if the new Pepsi commercials, Super Bowl and otherwise, were a calculated choice. Given Adam's connection to Pepsi and using cast member Richard Spite Jr. as the star, uh, well, listen, I support it, but I, I I was not involved in the in the creation of it, but I support it. There's a there's a there's a contest for for a commercial, and Richard Spade is in the show. He's a phenomenal actor, and uh, and so I support uh, uh, his uh, the effort for that commercial to win and play on the Super Bowl. Is Jabbermuth? I love you, Jabbermuth. Has he reached his question limit yet? <laughs> right. No, I, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, th- there's so questions. many coming through here. I'm right. trying to. I'm trying to filter them. Um, did uh, Did you have to talk to high school age kids to get the vibe of how they are uh, using social media, cams, text, uh, text messaging? Did you Did you have to interview these kids? Did you ever talk to high schoolers? I, I wouldn't say that I ever had a formal sit down interview, but I, you know, I have. I know a lot of people of all. Ages, and I'm just I, I, I like to think that I'm very, um, you know, I, I, I'm connected and I pay attention to when, the way people speak. You know, when I am as a writer, I'm just always soaking up what I hear everywhere I go. And so that's, you know, kind of how I hear, you know, how I get dialogue and the way the cadence of the way people speak just by hearing people speak. You know, I don't right. I wouldn't say I sat down and interviewed any high school kids or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have to go looking for the perfect mall to use? Um, we did. Every location we used, we, we you know, cho- chose out of me- multiple options. And the mall that we chose, we used the same one for the movie as the show. Northridge? Northridge Mall. And so I, for the movie, we found the perfect mall. And then for the series, I wrote it based on knowing what the Northridge Mall had to offer. Boom. How about making a sequel to The Professional? Well. <laughs> Great movie, though. It's a great movie. Natalie Portman. I had uh, I had nothing to grin. do with it, so uh, you know I encourage uh, you know th- those involved to do so. But I and I would probably go see it because I like the original. But I I uh, I can't. I'm not really. Involved I don't even know how you'd make a sequel to that. But I guess you could. You can make a sequel to anything. anything. Uh, are you happy with how well this TV series is being perceived? I'm beyond happy. <laughs> I'm over the moon. It's it's the reaction to it has been. So much greater than I could have ever imagined it would be, and I'm so thankful to everybody who's supported it and watched it, and who continues to you know make it the number one show in its time slot. Do you have a morning routine when you are working? Special breakfast, maybe. I I do have a routine. I drink uh, a I drink a kale smoothie every morning. Wow. Which do you hold? You plug your nose. I I I'll tell you this. It's it's a pear, a lemon, a hunk of raw ginger. A cup of water. Raw ginger is good for you. Good. That's and, and then spicy. A ton of kale. dinosaur kale, which what is the big it? leafy kale, right? 
and you just blend it up and you drink it. And I wouldn't say that it's delicious. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's good that way. But it it becomes uh, addicting. You 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 start to crave it because the energy so it gives gives you so much energy. Really, it's so it's like a healthy alternative to coffee or any type of yeah. Coffee. It really does. Yeah. Ginger, I mean, boom, it really I, makes I, you feel better, look yeah. better, everything. Oh, four or five hours yeah. of energy. I mean, Amazing. I, I had a ton of ginger and beets and stuff and all from from our ginger. I have to get this recipe. Home, you can find it oh. online. I yeah. well, I, you know, I don't know if you can or not. I, I just, I just. Uh, uh, Did you make it up? I didn't make it up. No, my my friend Valerie Brayman, who's a, f- a very talented filmmaker herself. She told me about it, and it's great. I do it every morning. Wow. All right. What movie's next for you? What movie's next for me? Yeah. Uh, well, I can't say because it's a secret project. Okay. But I have a movie go. coming up next that I'm about cool. to start on that's going to be awesome. All right. What do you like to have at craft service? What's your favorite craft service? <laughs> I try to keep a pretty healthy craft service if I can. Celery? You know what I mean? I'm Carrots. not a celery fan, but, you know, I like to keep I'm a, a horrible craft I like to keep person. some green stuff on the craft service. You see, service. the craft service kills me. Uh, it kills I'm me on too. set, and, you know, next thing you know, I have, I've had three donuts. I'm well, like, what the, is this? I, I have a sweet tooth. That's my big vice, right? Sugar. And I, it, it takes all of my effort to avoid it, and I try to. And I was pretty good upstairs. I you, he was. Yeah, I our our, our like, green room area upstairs has like, you know, there's tables, there's a kitchen he up there. Over and and there like, is just, a, it's, it's, it's flourishing with every type of bad food nasty. you can think of. I'll tell of. you what my current obsession is. I encourage everybody here in Los Angeles to do it. There are these fruit trucks, fresh fruit trucks on, on multiple corners. You see they have watermelon and, and mango and papaya. And have you seen those in, on ice and they chop it up for you wow. and put it in? for a huge thing. Of Phenomenal. Food. Phenomenal, oh and they gosh. put salt and chili powder and lime juice on it. It's incredibly good. I encourage Sounds everybody, good. everybody to go out and get them. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, Adam Rifkin, writer, director, producer. Look the series Sunday nights at twelve a.m. It's uh, their biggest show, I guess, in terms of viewers since they uh, since two thousand seven. You said biggest viewer numbers at in that time Congratulations. slot. Congratulations, two thousand seven. Oh, you're getting a second season. Let's hope. I hope so. so Fingers wait, crossed. Can you promise me just a one? I just even just a walk across the screen. You are in season two. You okay, are in I'll it. be in season two. Be, and you are not just walking across Ball the screen. Goer. I want to. I'm going to give you something good to do. I, I, I can't really act, but I can host something. I'm going to have you be a host in season two somewhere. I love it. Write me in. You're, you're the only in. writer. You're in. I'm writing. You I in. love you, Adam. <laughs> it's a deal. Okay, it's a deal. And, and you're in. No you're in too. Yeah. And he has no one to overrule him. So, you know, it's like. That's right. right? Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly true. We're all in. The KSL crew. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on. December 19th is the season finale. Yes. Uh, there's, there's two more shows left. Uh, can we catch anything online right now? Is there yeah, any episodes? You can, you can catch it on On Demand right now. Okay. It's not in the primetime shows. It's in the, in the after hours shows. Got it. Uh, so don't look for it in the primetime shows. But okay. um, uh, you can catch up on On Demand and you can uh, watch the recaps. Before the you know each episode coming up, and eventually soon there the episodes will be online and will be as well iTunes um, and yeah, the Hulu and, thing. The, and they'll also be available on DVD and stuff. But in the meantime, the the movie look is available on iTunes and is available on Netflix. Netflix, Netflix Instant yeah. Watch is it available on there? I believe it it's either is or is about to be available. On yes, there. Yeah, because that's how I watch all my movies. Of by course, way. everybody that's does. Great. Adam Rifkin, appreciate you so much for coming Thank in you. here. Thank you, uh, guys. Love your series. It is good. I can't, wait to, I can't wait to finish the entire season, really. Thank you so much. Uh, it, congratulations with everything and all your success. I really appreciate you and, guys having me on here. And please come back. I'd love to. I, I, and, uh, you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to put money down uh, with friends that I will be in a Showtime television <laughs> show. Yes, you will be. Yes, so, you will be. Hey, everybody can help get us a second season if you tweet and email Showtime. 
demanding it. That'd really? be awesome. Absolutely. Done and done. We'll do. So who do we? Can we say over air who who do we email? Uh, showtime. Oh, showtime. You know, they go to the Showtime website. Um, there's a and find an email. Yeah, please do. It'd be okay. Awesome. Done. We have some creative offer a walk on part for you know have everyone retweeted. How about that? Hey, you know what? Select How about person. this? How about this? Whoever retweets or tweets the most about look the series, I will give you an awesome role in season two. <laughs> Okay, wait. That that will be me. Oh, my no, my account. Yeah, my account is now dedicated to retweeting everything. <laughs> Adam writes and everything that look. T- is it look TV series? Look TV series. It's at look TV series. Oh, okay. you might have to tweet six times as much as other people to get the same reach, though. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, you know, hopefully I get some more. Tweet me so I get some more followers. Here. I'm trying to be. Deal. I'm trying to be Bassford. He's at like twelve thousand. Fabulous. It's amazing. His reach is just unbelievable. I don't I know. What are you? You're of two or three, so you're fine. All right, guys. Adam Rifkin, uh, Showtime, uh, and uh, look at the series. I'm, I'm, man, it's been a blast it talking to you. So this fun. has been a lot it's of been, fun. It's it. been so and interesting. I went from asleep before this started to ready to go. So you are so entertaining. You've even conquered Benadryl. I'm, li- you need to be- <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm like raw ginger. <laughs> <laughs> you are raw. Out, you're, you're the raw ginger. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next. Well, actually, this is our last show until the new year. Really? We're not doing one next week? We're not doing... I don't believe so. Oh. We'll, we'll blog or so tweet we'll about it next if we next year. Uh, they used to say that in school all the time. Uh, so annoying. All right, see guys. See you in a year. And, and, and uh, can you uh, shout out your tweet, your Twitter? Yeah, at Adam Rifkin. Okay. At Adam Rifkin. And, and also the Adam Rifkin fan page on Facebook as well. Right. Perfect. This has been another episode of Kyle Sherman Live. And we're sorry. Head to KyleLive.com for old episodes and more.